1999 at Radio Free America. This is Uncle Sam with music and the truth until dawn. Right now, I've got a few words for some of our brothers and sisters in the occupied zone. The chair is against the walls. The chair is against the walls. John has a long mustache. John has a long mustache. It's 12 o'clock, Americans, another day closer to victory. And for all of you out there on or behind the lines, this is your song. <laughs> And welcome everybody to our daily gun show. We come to you live every weeknight at midnight Eastern, and we talk about guns for an hour. Guns people jumping in from all over the country. Uh, we got Woods jumping in from Washington State. Thanks for jumping in. Thanks for having me, G. You bet. Then we got uh, Dead Horse jumping in from Utah. Thanks for joining. Howdy. And then we got Midnight jumping in from Pennsylvania. Hey, how you doing, G? Thanks for letting me in. You bet. Thanks for joining. And then I'm down here in Tucson. We've got uh, some links out to other people uh, over on gunchannels.com. So we might have some others joining us tonight. I'm hoping that Cycle Camp will join us. I just watched his uh, video earlier today on that uh, wool, wool rich, no, wool something uh, place in, scroll down here, uh, wool a rock uh, place in a museum. I don't know what to call it, like place in uh, Tulsa where they had that Colt Museum, and it's amazing. I can't wait to get back to Tulsa now, but I'm definitely curious to talk to a cycle camp about that. So if he jumps in, probably going to move the discussion straight to that. Um, but whenever he can jump in one of these days, we'll uh, chat about that. I don't know if you guys saw that video on the main page of Gun Channels earlier today. No, I didn't. I didn't get a chance to. I, I saw the notification, but I didn't get a chance to watch it. I haven't been home all that long. Yeah, it's a half an hour, but uh, it's worth it. It's uh, just showing the size and scale of that place, the whole facility, and then the cult part of it, the cult museum, which is amazing. Anyway, so uh, we uh, run the show over on GunChannels.com, a community we built for gun owners five years ago, and. Uh, we're running it on YouTube tonight. So we're watching the live chats that are out there. Uh, the whole point of this show is to keep a conversation about guns going every single night. Our focus is on gun sh shops and uh, gun shows, but of course, Second Amendment is important as well. And uh, we want this to be an effort in new media. So uh, it's not a radio show. No one's getting up here to, to uh, offer speeches or anything. It's a conversation. So we're hoping that people join in the conversation through the text chats that are out there when we're live. And if you're listening to this in the future, then uh, consider the text chats that are out there on the hosting platforms, gunstreamer.com, guntube.org. Uh, those are video hosting platforms where this video will be posted. Use the comments there. If it's six months from now, when, or at least six months from Cyber Monday when we're filming this, uh, feel free to leave comments. That's what the Internet's all about is a conversation that uh, allows individuals to, to share information. Uh, it is Cyber Monday, I guess I should mention that, and today, uh, during the show, we'll be doing the drawing for the uh, Red Dawn collection uh, giveaway thing that we're doing over at the Gear website store. Since it is Cyber Monday, we're participating in the capitalism, trying to uh, bring our profits from the red to the black. That probably won't happen today, but it would be great to think we could. And uh, we're offering a bunch of things over on the Gear website store, which is one of the ways that we pay for all of our projects and keep our... Uh, tours on the road and uh, first off every every order that goes out today is getting our Wolverine squared patch it's Wolverine holding a gun up in the air like the Red Dawn uh, when he so yells Wolverine uh, that's a PVC patch that's not for sale 
Uh, so we only offer that as a giveaway for events like this. So hopefully all those will get given away today if we get a bunch of orders. Uh, additionally, any order over 1911, any order over $19.11, right? 1911 will get a deck of cards, the uh, firearms inventor cards. And uh, I did not try to even do the math. I just wanted to do something cool for Cyber Monday. Hopefully we don't take it in the pants there. And then every order that comes in today is in the running for a drawing that we'll do during this show later on uh, for a giant Red Dawn prize pack or I guess it's more like tour loot or no, it's not even tour loot. It's just Red Dawn loot stuff that we've either created or you know put together over the last year basically uh, relating to the Red Dawn movie. So uh, we'll take a look at that more in depth later but uh, if you are not familiar and you're interested in being in participating I'll put a link out there on both of the gun channel side and over on YouTube. Uh, it'll be a link in the description as well. So if you're again watching this show in the future and you still want to help keep everything that we're doing online, then you can definitely participate in the future by buying something over at the store. We have everything priced so that pays for the item and then keeps us, you know, keeps the doors open. So we appreciate everybody who participates that way. So Cycle Camp jump in from Connecticut. Thanks for joining. And uh, man, that video you posted today was awesome. Thanks for posting that. So modest, you won't even acknowledge. <laughs> Which video are we talking about? Oh man, it sounds like you're next door. Yeah. Which video are we talking about? Will Rock. Oh yeah, I I posted that yesterday actually, or maybe it was early this morning. Oh well, whenever. But the video is yeah. awesome. I knew that there was a cult collection there, but the way that you have the video to show us the size and scale of that room, and the rest of the museum is interesting too. Um, but anyway, we'll talk about that if you want. Yeah, and that's just one of the... I only went up there to go to the museum, but there's other stuff up there, too. There's a big lodge where... Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Phillips used to actually live. Frank Frank Phillips actually used to live. There's a... Uh, How much... There's a... Oh, go ahead. I'll just interrupt you. Anyway. No, go ahead. Uh, as far as the Phillips guy. So this guy is Phillips Oil and Route 66 and stuff. Did you know anything about that guy already? Did they have a bunch of his history there? And if so, did you look at any of that? Yeah, I did. I, I mean, I looked at, at a lot of it. Um, he was he was really a, a, a rags, well, not a rags to riches, but he was an entrepreneur. I mean, you know, he was a, he was a barber. He was a banker. He, you know, all, all that kind of stuff long before he got involved in the petroleum industry. So uh, it was it was really pretty neat, and and he was he apparently he was a very well liked by all the people around him. I mean, everybody called him Uncle Frank, you know. And hopefully, it was in a in a good way, and not my my crazy Uncle Frank. But uh, but it it really was uh, very interesting, and and he the whole deal with with him was that he did the. Uh, he had got this thing kind of started up already and he turned it over to the state. Uh, kind of like JM Davis, you know, it's, it, uh, there's a lot of similarities there huh. between, uh, you know, how Davis did his and, and how, uh, Phillips did his, but he turned the whole, he turned the whole schmutz over to the uh, government, you know, with, with the understanding that they would, they would preserve all the, the, uh, museum stuff and keep the animals going and all that kind of junk. Very cool. 
but you could, I mean, you could really, it, you know, they say it takes three hours to see the place. I think it takes three hours just to see the museum. And then you've got, you know, the, the, the house and, and there's also, there's another building. I'm not exactly sure what it's for. I'd have to go back and look it up, but uh, you know, there's, in addition to that, there's a lot of Indian history there. I have never seen so many pictures of, uh, you know, uh, photographs and portraits of uh, Native Americans. It's just incredible. So really, really, a, really a great place. And, uh, you know, of course, if I if I had known what was what was happening, like the ostriches and stuff, you see those on the way in because they're in they're in the enclosures. But, uh, you know, more the loose animals are kind of like on the way out. And, and that's what I that's what I spent most of my time on. But they're they got a bunch of animals floating around out there. It's pretty cool. So it's basically his house turned into this whole big presentation of his collection. Yeah, I, I think uh, it definitely, he lived there for quite a while. So he must've had a very large piece of property, you know, way off the beaten path. Like I said, it's two and a half miles to get back to the, the nearest uh, main, you know, main drag. And, uh, and he turned the whole thing over to him. So that, so was, then, that was pretty cool. And you said it was downstairs, the Colt collection or whatever and there was other guns besides colt so is there like signage to tell you like or maybe a presentation that tells you like why he collected like we did with jm davis there's that like presentation in that first room that tells you where he got started and why he, this collection exists uh if there was i didn't see it you know i okay. I, I have no idea why he collected so many firearms and why specifically colt well no i mean He's got a fabulous Colt collection. Well, the really interesting thing is the number of prototypes and really low serial number guns he's got. Um, but but there's, I mean, he's got other rooms that I didn't even go in with Winchesters and, you know, other stuff. So the, oh, the Colt okay. collection so is just, all the gun collection. So it's a, it's, a, it's a varied collection with a lot of Colts. It's not a Colt collection with a couple of other guns. Right. He's got that one room that focuses on Colt, but when you come out, there's a lot of other stuff. You know, I mean, he, he loves the Winchester, the lever actions and all that other stuff. They're all over the place in there too. But the, the Colt is, is the, the most, uh, complete, you know, and, and, and the, the, you know, if I'd have realized that when I first started looking at it, it, there's kind of a, if I'd have started on the other side of the room, there's like a timeline. You start with the really old, you know, patent company guns, and then you move up. And as you, as you go around the corner, if you go anti-clockwise from the, where you go in, it, it gets, you know, newer and newer and newer and newer. It's pretty cool. I ended up starting off at the newest part of the, of the place and that kind of screwed up. But it was right here is where you start to show like the, the room. So uh, this was the early stuff, like you're saying, and then, as you pan across, this is just the Colt room then. So is that the whole downstairs is guns? Yeah. Okay. Well, no, I mean, that's where the trains were and all that other stuff too. It's uh, a huge building. I mean, the building is, is phenomenally, it's just monstrous. Okay. You could probably put J.M. Davis in there at least two or three times. Oh, really? Just from a, just from a floor space point of view, because you've got... Amazing. About twice the size of J.M. Davis on a floor, and you got two floors. But it's not all guns. But this is just, this here that you're looking at now is just the Colt part. 
And when you walk back out the room, it's you're you're in other kinds of guns. Now there's nowhere near as many other guns as there are Colts, but uh, but uh, it's not it's not just a Colt collection. But he he obviously was fascinated with Colt and anything to do with them. I mean, they're just just phenomenal. So the guy owns Philip sixty six, and did he have a family? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, wife, a bunch of kids. Just like everybody else. He just had so much cash that he was able to just spend it on whatever he felt like, and he wanted a lot of cool Colts. Well, you know, he just, and again, he just started up small. You know, like I said, he was a barber for a while, and, and I think I think he might have been a mover and shaker in the town council because most guys like that do tend to be like that. But uh, it was it was pretty interesting. Yeah, that, there's a there's a great example. Here's a, a revolving a revolving rifle, and um, one of ten made. You know, just just amazing that he's even got his hands on it. So it was it was it was pretty cool. It was definitely worth the hour it took to get out there. And then, what does it cost to go there? Uh, geez, I don't know, like ten bucks. Okay. They, they get you at the gate, right? Right. When you first get in the gate, the piece of paper that I show at the very beginning, the two-sided piece of paper with all yeah. the animals and stuff on it, yeah. you, that's where you get that. And I think it's 10 bucks and I don't, I don't know if it's 10 bucks a head or 10 bucks a carload or what, but, but it's pretty neat. All right. And then here you're showing some of the other stuff. Cause it's like you were saying in the video, it's not just a gun collection out an hour from Tulsa. It's a big, I don't know, accumulation of collections from a rich guy. So yeah. there's kinds of stuff to see. And then there's other people's collections oh, of okay. stuff that that are also in there. So like the the lead figurine collection that's gonna come up a little later, um, that's someone else's collection that they brought in and they display it there. And that's pretty cool. Okay. But it's a, you know, since the state took it over, you know, they've expanded a little bit. They have a little bit more, they have a little bit more stuff, but it's, it's pretty cool. So we're talking about Wolorock and it's like an hour something north of Tulsa. And it's a big estate from this guy who had Philip 66, the gas company, and left it to the state of Oklahoma, who is leaving it open to the public. Phenomenal feat. And there's all kinds of cool things that the guys acquired over his life, including like a massive coal collection that we just saw the room. Awesome. Yeah. I'm so glad you went there because uh, I had only seen a few still images and they didn't do it justice at all. That video really showed the scale of it. All right. So uh, I don't know if anybody else wants to say anything else about that. Or we switch directions, take the model train in a different route. Nobody's saying anything on Gun Channel side. Pink is asking if there's a code for Cyber Monday. No, I don't use codes. I guess I do use codes, sorry, when I'm on Patreon. So if you're a Patreon supporter, uh, I forget what level, like the $12 level or more, then there is this code for those Patreon supporters who are already supporting the projects financially. We I want them to be able to get stuff without a financial issue. So they have a substantial code over there, I think. Uh, and it'll always work on no matter what our uh, 
things are, whatever kind of promotion we got running. Uh, Patreon people always get their cut on top of all that. So sorry, I should have said there is that code you can always use. Um, but then uh, for the most part, we uh, we don't try to put a bunch of codes that you have to remember so that we get you. We're trying to, if we have a promotion, it's because we want to share our stuff or uh, say thanks. So it's just everything that gets purchased today is automatically going to get the patch. Anything over 19 bucks and 11 cents is going to get the deck of cards also. And then everything is in the running for the, the drawing. Uh, Frank Phillips lives in Bartolsville, and his house is still there. Woolerock was his lodge, where he would entertain celebrities from around the world. Okay, that's from Weston. Thanks. That makes sense too, right? Rich people. Yeah, they, they called it his home. I don't know, and 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 Woolerock is in Bartlesville, so you got me. But I I would believe that. I I certainly he probably knows that a lot better than I do. I mean, I'm just a I'm from Connecticut. What the hell do I know? Well, it makes sense. He's got the house in town where he has his house stuff, and then he's got his weird place out in the country, or outside of town, where he's got his cool stuff. I mean, he ha he has you know like lakes and stuff where they would fish, and it's it just amazing. The place is huge. Cycle, you said that uh, it was very similar to the Davis Museum. How so? I just, I just meant that um, that you know the Davis Museum isn't just guns, right? You know, you've got the the beer steins and the saddles and the and the brands and you know, there's a lot of other stuff from around the area in there as well. So it's not just it is a firearms museum, but it's not just a firearms museum, and and uh, <clears throat> Phillips's place is like is like that as well. It's it's in in addition to having a lot of firearms, and actually they're kind of like even second fiddle. I mean, I mean there's like planes in there. You know, I I didn't show pictures of that stuff, but there's actually there there was a a mail plane that they used to use. Uh, you know, kind of a small one. You know, like a Cessna size, a little bit bigger than a Cessna. And they actually had it hanging in one of the rooms down there just to give you a feel for how big the place is. And they had, they had uh tanker, you know, old tanker trucks, you know, that they used to move fuel, fuel around with and stuff like that. It was, you know, a lot of stuff. It was really cool. But he, he just seemed to be, he collected a lot of things. It wasn't just the firearms. It was all kinds of different things. Wonder if they just use that to move mail around, or they didn't like fly around and drop people's mail on them, did they? No, I, I expect that they were just using that to bring it in. Okay. Never thought about that, but maybe they do that in Alaska or something. Yeah, well, that's what they do in Alaska and other places. I'm gonna see if I can't just have my mail airdropped to me. Sounds like a Isn't that what the girl used to do? What was the name of that stupid show? Uh, where the girl flew the plane all the time. I thought I thought that was the same uh, same bit. I thought she was actually a, a mail delivery. That was one of her jobs was to deliver the mail, like a sitcom. Uh, yeah, it was sort of sitcommy. It was a you know a rom com drama thingy. Wrote you know, it was a little bit of everything. It was kind of off the off the wall. Oh, you mean Wings? Guys was a doctor. Wings. No, 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 no. Uh, younger than that. Northern exposure. 
Yeah, that's it. That's what I'm trying to think of. Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, is that what she did on that show? Maggie? I, I thought that's what she did. Yeah, I thought that's what Maggie did. I thought she flew the plane. Yeah, it was, it was filmed here in uh, Washington, but uh, you can go to that Rosalind Cafe. That's an actual place. And uh, it was filmed here in Washington. I knew a lot of people that worked on it back in the day. Um, but it was supposed to be Alaska, but, you know, Washington was probably better because it wasn't as cold so they could film it. Yeah, they have to wake up eating by uh, grizzly bears and polar bears and shit. Well, it cost a million times less, right? Even buying a glass of water in Alaska is like four times more than Washington, I bet. I'm just saying, in the in the in the frontier, you know, back in back in the day, you know, uh, that was how you got the mail around. You know, you had you had little mail planes that went to the larger cities, picked it up, brought it back. All right. Well, we're on Cyber Monday, and I don't know anything else about Cyber Monday other than it's when you're all obligated to buy from online stores. So this is when we go out of the black or out of the red and into the black. But I don't really have anything else to talk about there unless you guys know something cool about Cyber Monday. But we're using the uh, Red Dawn theme. Um, I'm not even sure why. I guess because I got the Wolverine squared patches done. So I have enough of those to send out to everybody. And then... Uh, Today I got the the Calumet girl, the girl from the sign in the town uh, on the side of the building. I did that in a sticker, and I got those today finally in the mail. So uh, I kind of figured I knew they were coming, that they should be here today. So I figured you know that would be something I could add to the orders that come in. Well, I guess I didn't even mention that. I'll add one of them stickers to everybody's order. Um, but I knew I could put them into the prize pack too, because it was anyway that would make it a Red Dawn theme. So uh, I figured we talk about Red Dawn a little bit. But I don't want to pull teeth, so we're not seeing much going on in the chats. You guys are just sitting here with dead air. Um, I like Red Dawn because I'm old enough to remember that there wasn't anything near like that from back back when I was a kid. It was the first time that. It ever dawned on me that maybe I would have to do something to defend America or I would have to be prepared or like we never had any of that before. Well, I think that's kind of that's kind of one of the big deal. The, the big themes of it is the every man steps up to defend his family, the country, whatever. You know, what I mean, it's not something you see, you know, every day. Especially with kids, young adults. I wonder which uh, which science fiction writer he got the idea from. You're talking about Melius? No, the uh, I, I wonder where they where they got the idea for Red Dawn because the you know the alternative history. What if America got invaded? That kind of thing. That was a pretty popular uh, uh, fantasy and speculative fiction. Uh, to give it its proper name, right? We don't mm -hmm. call it sci-fi anymore. Not politically correct, I guess. Uh, you know, a lot of those guys, that was one of their, uh, you know, one of their uh, main topics was, you know, what would what would happen if someone tried to invade America? What, how would that actually play out? And I, I, I wondered, I, you know, I've, I, I'm not familiar enough with the movie to 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 remember the credits or any of that stuff. If if they say where they got the idea from. 
I don't know about in the credits. There was a DVD. So the movie came out in 84, which was kind of almost pre-VHS days, you know. So it did come out in VHS when VHS started to hit and everything. And then whenever DVDs came out, there's DVDs, and the DVDs had DVD extras. So then you had whatever anniversary, probably some kind of you know remix or digitally enhanced or blah, blah, blah. And then, what do you call it, movie extras. And they had interviews with the actors and with uh, Milius, the director. So you can find all that stuff online on YouTube. Uh, all the extras are on YouTube as independent videos. So uh, you can get answers to some of that. But um, you know that, uh, I don't know if you know, but Milius, the director, is the guy from Conan and, uh, what do you call it, uh, Dirty Harry and Apocalypse Now. So he's... He's done some movies. He went to school and grew up in school with Spielberg and who's the other guy? Um, the other guy from Star Wars, Lucas. Lucas, yeah. Um, he hung out with Spielberg and Lucas, and Spielberg and Lucas credit him with them going out on weekends and shooting shotguns. They said they would have never done something like that if it wasn't for hanging out with Milius. So the presence of guns in their movies is in part due to Milius's getting them accustomed, you know, California and stuff. They weren't going to just go out and experience guns, but his influence uh, gave them a comfort level with guns that we see guns in their movies to a level we might not have seen. So Milius was kind of cool. Uh, he, I'm trying to remember now from all the stuff I've seen. Uh, he does address it, though. I'm, not, I'm just not recollecting. I don't want to try to speculate, but he, I do remember him talking about the reasons for making Red Dawn and may have even talked about some of the influences and stuff but he's a cool dude he started out making a movie called uh big wednesday a surf movie and uh all of his movies were done with intent red dawn was certainly done with intent he, he did it at the time in 1984 in such a way and this is the first pg-13 uh you know did it in such a way that it was written for you know a specific audience and i think and i didn't know it at the time or nothing but uh, certainly worked. You know, it didn't. It did what he intended it to do, and, and people reacted the way that he hoped they would from listening to his thing. So there's the DVD extras. There's also a documentary just called Milius, uh, which is where I get all my information. I didn't know nothing about it until I watched that documentary. It's it was on like Amazon or Netflix when I had them. You, know, you can find it out there. It's like a you know full full length documentary. The guy's pretty cool. Like say he grew up, went to school with the guys, uh, other filmmakers and was involved with movies like say apocalypse now uh dirty harry uh conan was his red dawn and others and then um had influence with some of their productions too so he was involved in a lot of really interesting you know pivotal movies that are considered classics now and uh the his the movie about him the biography about him is pretty interesting just because i didn't know there was that much interaction or inter involvement with him in the other movies and stuff and then at some point oh he was also have you ever seen the movie the big lebowski yeah of course mm -hmm. okay. yeah the whatever goodman's role character i forget that guy's name in the movie but you know the guy who john goodman plays in the big lebowski that's based on milius that's him that's like he, he was that way yeah them in Hollywood so the, the the documentary talks about like that concept that he was just sort of this wild guy was all into guns and uh, wasn't doing it you know in an obnoxious way but a sort of uh, um, what's his name sort of I get the idea that it was sort of in a um, 
well, anyway, an intentional way to poke the liberal anti-gun kind of mindset, but also because he was an American and he liked guns and he wasn't going to, you know, bow to some political pressure or whatever. So anyway, he seems like an interesting guy. Then at some point he had a stroke. He's also, you know, living life large and at some point had a stroke and then he's still kicking, but, you know, seriously impeded from his, you know, original pace. But anyway, interesting movie. I'd, I'd recommend the documentary for sure. But I think the answers to the, some of that, those questions you asked are out there. And uh, if anybody's really interested, like I say, it's worth for sure checking out, uh, typing in like Red Dawn DVD extras, and you'll get those off of YouTube. There's like quite a few of them actually, because some of them are with the actors and the people who made the movie, and then there's some with the director and stuff. I agree with you, Woods, that, uh, you know, at the time, well, there I don't agree with you completely because I think there was things like Taps. You remember that movie? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So there was definitely, like, uh, there was some level of, like, awareness that as high school kids, you know, we were potentially needed in the fight and should be aware and make a decision you're either going to be like ready to go or you're going to be a dumbass and i think that's one of the things that the movie just instead of being wishy-washy about it or being sly or you know trying to allude to anything it just brought it right out in the open right like you're either gonna crumble when this happens or if this happens or you're gonna do what needs to be done just bounce around and react but if you react in a way that you know has a I'm going to kick some ass mindset to it, then you're going to end up succeeding because they're depending on a bunch of people being idiots. And I thought that it brought all that kind of uh, concept out in an awesome way. Hopefully, I think it made the country a better place because somebody who watched that wasn't even into anything. is just going to watch that and know that we live in that kind of country, I think. I definitely think it made me feel more like more an American. Like before that, I was just a 13 year old kid who didn't care about myself, anything other than my Dungeons and Dragons and probably my Atari. But I didn't ever feel like part of like a bigger thing. I definitely awakened something that like we're part of a bigger thing and America is going to rally together and that kind of a deal. I Maybe it's just me, but I'd never even, you know, I was only 13, but, you know, I never dawned on me that any of that would be a thing until I watched that movie. And I definitely had it on VHS and I watched it all the stinking time. I remember watching it on cable. Well, seeing it in the movie theater. And then whenever it came on cable, I recorded it on a blank VHS, right? So I had that version of it. And then I had, eventually I bought a VHS. And I'm sure I wore out both of those. Yeah, I think I recorded it too. I think I did exactly the same thing because I was also, you can't underestimate, I was 13 in 1984, so that was the first time I could go to a movie that the younger kids couldn't go to. It was a big deal for us. Huh, I never thought about it that way. I'm trying to remember how old I was. Probably had to be around the same age. I remember riding my bikes to the movie theater. To now, Cycle, you're older than us, so when you saw it, you were in your 20s? Or no? Nope. So you were 17 or something, though? Nope. How old were you? Never seen it. 
What? Yep, oh. believe it or not, I have never seen Red Dawn. Wow. Even even being on gun channels and hearing 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 the gun the, the talk about it all the time. Yep. Wow. I learned I, every what's what's that expression? Everything I know about Red Dawn, I learned from from gun channels. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. Well, I was just going to be curious to see what it'd be like as an older person watching it, but I know my dad liked it, so I'm guessing older people probably saw it because they were also from a generation where their parents were in World War II, so I'm sure they felt like if something happened, they'd jump to it. So I'm sure it was nice for them to see a fictional representation representation of their kids jumping in and doing what they would have done if, right? They would have needed to if they would have been called. All right, what's the fan theory? I got a fan theory about Red Dawn. So, one of the biggest, I guess, gripes I've heard people mention about Red Dawn is like, oh, there's no way Cuba could have ever done that or ever do that, you know, even with the USSR's help, right? So, that's always like the biggest gripe I've, I've always heard. But, like, in the synopsis of the movie, it tells you that uh, Cuba like took like teamed up with like El Salvador, and they invaded Honduras and uh, um, Central America, Nicaragua, and stuff, right? And then it says a communist revolution breaks out in Mexico. Well, in the movie, one of the guys, one of the soldiers, is calling the Cuban colonel "Si Señor," where he would have been saying like "Me." uh colonel right like if it, if he was cuban so that implies he was you know mexican so i i think that like they it, it was not just cuba i think they kind of got mexico to join them basically because there was a revolution in mexico i think was an utter chaos so like a bunch of mexico helped participate and you know join basically cuba right and uh and i think that's how they did it so I think a lot of a lot of those guys are like Mexican, not Cuban. A lot of those soldiers. Yeah, and that's when we say Cuba, that's shorthand. Like Cubans were the Soviet influence on Latin America or Central and South America, yeah. like you say, united, went to communism. The Cubans were like their overlords. Like they were the communist attaches or whatever the word would be yeah. running them. And then there was, of course, at the end, some actual Russians. But the idea, I think, is supposed to be that Russia's over there with their hands full in Asia and Africa and Europe, and they had basically got the seed of com communism over here, and then communist people in South and Central America so, are who was yeah. like... Yeah, it was Central America, and Mexico, Cuba, and the USSR is what it took to invade us, and not just Cuba and the USSR. And I think that's like a highly overlooked thing in the movie that it was really all of Central America and parts of Mexico that invaded us. Like, you know, and that's how they were able to sneak right up the middle, like up into Colorado as they came right through Mexico. Yeah, well, it was a deliberate strategy to come in and up and down through the middle so that they could separate us into two halves because we're a big country. And then you take out the middle where there's fewer people, more area, and then uh, you, you move you know, back, well, just like they say in the beginning of the movie. So, um, uh, Nate, this, wait. So does, so does gear websites have, a uh, like an Amazon relationship or any of that kind of stuff? 
I guess you could say so. I mean, I do. So yeah. Uh, but the link, the easiest link, is on the front page of Gun Channels. So if we uh, screen share here, you go to the main page of Gun Channels and just scroll down. On the left hand side is where all the like affiliate links are called. We got oh, one. Okay, for there you go. They got one for Amazon. There's one for the insurance if you want it, and then of course Palmetto State. Um, I need to add one there for Sportsman's Guide because we like that that place a lot. So, but uh, that one, it's for the revolver, but that'll take you to Amazon, and then anything you search around from Amazon should have that cookie basically on there. But then I guess that technically will take you to our store. So if it takes you to that little revolver, just click on gear websites, and that should take you to the stuff that we got out there. Of course, it doesn't. It takes you to one thing. As I say that, i got to go fix that. Put a space in there, and it will. There it is, Amazon. <clears throat> General is saying, I spent the 80s as a teen with guns and ATVs in the back 40. Not much movie watching. Yeah, well, we didn't have it. Well, I guess you, it's hard to say. You could, you definitely had people that would sit around watching HBO. But I knew just as many people that couldn't handle that because it was really only maybe six movies a month, right? It's just that they played those six movies over and over and over and over and over and over and over. So there were people that would just sit there and memorize movies watching them. Uh, and then I guess there was people that just never watched them at all. I was kind of in the middle, I guess. I would watch them at, at night. So I wasn't running around at night. Actually, I shouldn't say that. I was actually out quite a bit at night. So they, they remade that too, right? So they so there's more than one Red Dawn running around. Yeah, that one's terrible. <laughs> the one with, even though it was still by John Milius? No, it's not by John Milius. Well, this one here says it's starring Reed Diamond, Kristen Jutner, and I'm saying that don't sound like the guys I'm looking for. No, I don't know what you're talking about there. Was it 1990-something, or was it 1980? No, it's 2015. Yeah, that's the one with uh, the dude that plays Thor in it, and... Uh... Uh, oh, that no, it had to be later than that. No? When did Red, Red Dawn 2015? Yeah. When did uh, Red Dawn? That's just weird because it and in the pic on the picture it says Swayze, Howell, Thompson, Sheen, and Gray, but it has all these other weird guys. Uh, the other, the newer Red Dawn came out in 2012. It says so. If you're seeing one, oh, okay. I don't know what you're finding there. You're yeah, but there was one in the original is 84, right? Correct. Okay. That's probably a DVD re-release or something. Oh, maybe that's what's going on. Yeah. It, it's terrible. Don't watch that. Sit that on no, fire. Don't, don't watch it. Get <laughs> no cable in the nearest movie rental place was 20 miles away. Yeah. Well, I guess in that case, you don't have an option. And movies only stayed in the movie theaters for a couple of weeks at the most back then, if I remember right. So we didn't have anything like those dollar movie theaters that would show old movies. That wasn't until the 90s at some point, right? At least I don't remember ever seeing those when I was a kid. Yeah, those came around when I was in my 20s, probably. Uh, so anyway, uh, I think Yoder was saying they speak Spanish in Cuba. I don't think so. They speak something else in Cuba. They speak something else in like a lot of those countries, right? It's all Latin, but it's not all Spanish. But wouldn't they all know Spanish from being influenced by the Cubans for so long that it was like the common language amongst them all? 
kind of like how we know English, but I think it's different enough that and they, I mean, you listen to somebody speaking those different South American languages or different Latin languages, I don't know how to say it, and, and uh, you know, they sound freaking different. And when you learn, like I've only learned Spanish, but when you learn Spanish, they'll tell you like, this isn't the same for people in what, El Salvador or someplace like, or here and there, because they'll well, say- there are a lot of different dialects of Spanish. I mean, that was one of the problems. I used to work in a call center organization, and one of the biggest problems we had was when we tried to put together Spanish versions of our our virtual response units and stuff, you had to decide which one to use. Are you going to use Castilian? Are you going to use the, the stuff people speak in Mexico? Or are you going to just drive you nuts? Yeah, yeah I've worked with um, our European Spanish. Yeah. Yeah, I, okay, I've worked so with I, some, some guys in the kitchen that are like that, too, depending on if they're from Ecuador, Honduras, Mexico. Like you said, you said Castilian or Castellano is that, that's the, That's the Spain Spanish. Actually, yeah. that's one of the dialects spoken in Spain. Castilian is like the higher level hoity-toity Spanish. Well, you'll be happy. Okay, so I just ordered the DVD, so that'll be my Christmas present to myself that I will finally watch Red Dawn. Ooh, like fancy. Speak, Very cool. More, speak more intelligently about it. It'll be interesting to see what you think of it after hearing about it for so long, but never at least watching it. Yeah, see if it lives up to the hype. <laughs> well, really, there may have been other movies about, you know, us being invaded and stuff, but I don't think another movie puts so much importance on our Second Amendment and why it's good to have a Second Amendment. Well, that's all. Exactly. Milius was very aware of where firearms were in culture. And I think going to school, you know, as a gun guy, going to school because he obviously had a passion for expressing himself in the visual, whatever you call it, like motion picture arts or whatever that would be called. Yeah, the media, yeah. So he had an, an, an uh, interest, so he was there learning that, and obviously he hung out with people who turned out to be some of the biggest, so he must have been learning in a way that blew everybody's minds and gave them you know, all kinds of inspiration and stuff. And he must have also experienced some sort of like, you know, the beginnings or the full steam, I don't know what it was like back then, of anti-gun sentiment. So, you know, I mean, to, to, it seems as though the way that he built the movie was almost in defiance to some of that. And you can see it. He uses guns in some of his movies, but not in an exploitive way as some as, as some movies will. You know, some movies the gun is like this in <clears throat> talisman or some sort of like thing. His guns are realistic. They only he knows what they can do, and he doesn't has no interest in exaggerating that. He's very uh, interested in at least in the Red Dawn movie being, I guess I don't know what you want to call it, like realistically accurate, like photographically accurate he made he made things look correct he was aware of what they were supposed to look like you know a tank a helicopter or a gun a uniform the way that they acted he wanted that to be authentic and uh because he was you know knowledgeable about what he what his goal was he was able to create art that did exactly what he wanted where other guys could say oh i want there to be russians and if they came up with some like weird ballet version of russians they'd be satisfied because they have no idea what they really wanted in the first place you know the director didn't know what their end result was that they had in mind they just knew they wanted it to be russian so what we get is a end result in the final product you know could be some collaboration of who knows what 
that people were, you know, settled with, where yeah. Millie didn't settle for nothing. He, he knew exactly what he wanted and he built it. And that, I think, was an inspiration and kept Hollywood at least valid to some extent. You know, let there's a bar. Here's, here's real, here's legit 1984 if the Russians invaded, you know, and here's Flash Gordon or here's some fantasy movie over here. Well, it's I think kind of a bummer too that. Oh, sorry, dead horse. No, go ahead. Yeah, but it's it's kind of a bummer too. And after I mean, if he was such good friends with Lucas and and um, and them that they kind of went the total opposite direction in their later years and went as far as to like re-edit movies like E.T. and take guns out of them. Kind of the total opposite direction, you know. As far as uh, G was pointing out, like the detail he went with his movies and stuff, I think two of the neat stories that come out of Red Dawn is he did such a good job recreating a Russian tank that he had like FBI agents following the Russian tank across the country. He did such a good job replicating a Soviet helicopter, right? that he had CIA agents investigating the helicopter. <laughs> like, you know, so I mean, like, that's pretty good detail, you know? <laughs> like, that's that's kind of like, a, especially back in 1984, I mean, like, yeah. You know, because there wasn't just computers and CGI and everything. They just couldn't make a tank out of, a Russian tank out of thin air, and that's not something you can necessarily, like, get in the country, right? So, so they recreated it. And, uh, yeah, and, and for our own government to be investigating him for that because he did such a good job—that's <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that yeah. was pretty neat. Yeah, that's awesome. I've read a couple of uh, reviews of the movie online and from back in the day, <clears throat> and one of them was pretty interesting because it was from a guy that had worked as a uh, resistance fighter in the Second World War, and he loved how it showed how resistant what it was like how they formed and how it was like to really be in the, the, right. that confusing nature because it's, like, it's not like 12 years before an invasion everybody gets together and says you know what let's, what let's do you know if you know like here's how we're going to handle it when you know they that didn't happen it just was like thrown together happenstance so let's see who survived and when you everybody who survived you know looks at each other who's like you know, sparks are going off that we need to kill whoever was responsible for this, and how do we do that, you know, the most effectively? Let's work together, make this happen. Let's get our country back. Like, you know, that that all has to happen spontaneously. Uh, it wasn't until much later that you get any kind of influence from, you know, outside your bound, you know, your borders or whatever. And uh, well, anyway, so let's get into that. So I think that's aside from the uh, invasion part i think there's a message there just about you know as americans as people that are in the melting pot made up of all the different interests when necessary you know we're all of that ilk or we're all of that character where when it needs to be done work gets done and there's a couple of people that don't do anything there's some people that cause trouble and then for the most part you know we all do and then deal with the consequences after and i think that's another big part of the movie that um it reflected or it showed people and I think that hits because it's uh it's not just an action movie in other words it's not like uh invasion USA or like uh, uh 
one of the Chuck Norris movies. I mean, there, he doesn't do much that, you know, stands the test of time as far as, like, um, I'm going to try to call that, like, the, the real um, meaning of the movie or whatever. You know, it's not just a movie for the sake of blowing up a bunch of tanks and having realistic AK-47s. The message, the word I'm looking for, like, the message is valid and uh, makes us all, well, it makes, I think, a person who's, of that character, it makes you think like, wow, that could all be thrust upon you. And how would I react? Am I going to be the Robert? Am I going to be the Daryl? Which of Daryl's nine millimeter shooters turned into Daryl's. Daryl shot nine millimeter. So, uh, what about the uh, sequel, Red Dawn? Do you watch the Tomorrow When the War Ended or something? The Tomorrow When the War Started or something? Yeah, the sequel and the remake. So, uh, I a lot of people don't know about that. Tomorrow when the war began, like that's pretty much the sequel to Red Dawn. So it's called Tomorrow when the War Began. Yeah. And, so, uh, Michael, have you seen that one, Australian movie? Is that? I was gonna say that's the one in Australia, right? Yeah, that was that was yeah. good. Cycle, have you seen that one? No, I've never heard of it. Okay, so it sounds like Pancake has seen it. Woods, have you seen Tomorrow when the War Began? I have not. I'm gonna need to find that. All right, just wanted to set the stage. There's people out there that are conversating with us, and then there's people out there that are talking about, like, domestic energy consumption or something. So let's talk about people that are there talking about Red Dawn. Have you seen Tomorrow When the World Began? War Began. Now, Dead Horse, I just wanted to stop and see where people work, but go ahead. Uh, I also consider it, I guess, a sequel. But you're saying, are you saying that it was supposed to happen at the same time? No, because it couldn't happen at the same time. Yeah, like they couldn't make it at the same time. They didn't have the budget and all that, right? To make it basically back in the eighties, but it's it was supposed to be, you know, the the same time. Like it, it was supposed to be like America was under attack too, and that's why we couldn't come over and help them or nothing, right? So it's supposed to be the same universe basically, and basically, but just what happens in Australia and the story goes is that he wanted to make a Red Dawn two. An American one, and he can't get—he couldn't get finance for it. No one would finance him for it, and uh, so they were able to not use a lot of things. Uh, you know, the name, of course, Red Dawn and stuff, but basically make a Red Dawn two in Australia at a much cheaper price, but actually be able to make it. Yeah, I only saw it once. I only saw it once, and I remember it being pretty pretty good. I mean, I thought it was okay. Um, I didn't, I thought, I just always assumed it was just kind of a ripoff, you know, like the, somebody just took the same premise. I mean, you see that in movies, you know, where it's like, oh, it's just like, you know, they're talking about peppermint. It's like, oh, it's the Punisher with, with a, with a female instead of a male. But I didn't know they were actually supposed to be tied together. Yeah. Milas even, uh, what do you, how do you put, uh, like corresponded or correlated or he, he, literally helped that director out and i was like get like telling i'm like oh yeah this and that and you know what i mean so because he couldn't make the movie he wanted someone else to and uh i i just thought that was a pretty neat story and as far as the remake goes a lot of people don't get the remake i think is because milas made a video game right called homefront that he did the whole story for and everything and the video game is just like red dawn except he changed a couple things like it was north korea that invades right 
And then the remake of Red Dawn is based really on Homefront, the video game, and not really on the original Red Dawn. And that's why it's is slightly different. You know, that's why unless you know about that video game kind of transition there, then the the new Red Dawn is kind of like, what? Like, what's going on here? Why did they change this? Why did they change that? But it's really because of the video games kind of in between those two. So video games are why it sucked? <laughs> so, I'm not going to say that, but it's it's why it's totally different. So it's why it's not like a true to heart like remake, why, why they try to change so much in it and just why it's North, you know, why it's like, you know, North Korea. Stuff. Well, um, um, the Red Dawn in Australia is China, right? Yep. So basically, it's a bunch of kids that uh, are in Australia as China invades. It's super cool. It's the other way around. Uh, Red Dawn was like mostly dudes with two chicks. This is like mostly chicks with two dudes. Yeah, yeah. It's mo it's the chicks are the badasses. Yeah, and it's it's super good. Yeah, I can't recommend it enough. Um, I feel like if people haven't seen it, the more we talk about it, it kind of ruins it. But I mean, you kind of know what's going to happen, but I don't want to put too many details out there because it also unfolds well. It's an interesting movie and it's all interesting to visually interesting, right? Because it's Australia. They got a lot of good scenery and stuff. Yeah, I thought it was a really good movie. And, you know, like I can definitely, I definitely consider it a sequel. Mila said he considered it a sequel. So. I need to see an interview with him talking about it because that would be super interesting. I haven't seen that. Is that on like YouTube or something? I have no idea where I saw that. At. Is it was he something you seen though, not read? Yeah, yeah. There's a. There's, I'm sure if you just typed in YouTube something like uh, "Tomorrow When the War Began" sequel to Red Dawn, it'll or pop up. And talk about it. Yes, yeah. So, Rogue. I'm just saying, type in Toronto when the war began and then Melius. Then I'll probably yeah, yeah. Uh, Roll Call is saying, wish they'd make an aftermath of Red Dawn, like how they beat them back and reclaim the territory. I think that would be neat. Oh, yeah, years and years later, too. We could even do it in today's time. Like a guerrilla war has been going on for 30 years or something, you know, like a long, drawn out Vietnam type thing. Dude, just like uh, they made that Karate Kid comedy show, uh, Cobra, Kai, Cobra Kai, right? With the same actors from the movie Karate Kid, but, you know, like last year or this year. Yeah. That's make... what I was just going to say. You don't have Swayze anymore, but it'd be cool to see a bunch of them get together and do something. Swayze died. All you need is the hot chick and the other guy because they're the only ones that live. But honestly, you don't need any of them. You could do a show like or a movie about you know, their kids or something, or just you know, sort of like a man in the high castle. What it's yeah, like. they had two boys. They left and got married. Had two boys and named them like Jet, uh, Jake, and uh, um, Jed and Jed. Yeah, what's his name. What's the other guy's name? Wasn't it Jake? Could have been. You don't really say it very often. Jake and Jed. Yeah. Uh, then Rokal said earlier, I think the, the Germans would have had a, had a better chance than 
the USSR than anybody. The Germans had subs off the coast of the East Coast. Wasn't there um, some people in Alaska that got all butthurt because of the tagline from the movie that uh, no nobody's ever come on our soil until now? And in reality, Japanese had taken over the Aleutian Islands? Oh. I remember, I remember that. I remember that uh, movie theater poster. Yeah, they had actually... It would be interesting to talk to Milius because there was that and then something happened in California at a McDonald's and they couldn't use the McDonald's movie poster either. So I think I do remember uh, something like that. And he's the kind of dude that wouldn't want to have like a false claim or like a something that was just not correct, right? So I could see him pulling down a poster or, you know, campaign. Nate is asking, do you follow South Korean military on Instagram? They posted a video of North Korean AMS, South Korean troops at the DMZ. The gear was literally 50 years in South Korea. Uh, Rob is asking, does anyone know if it's free somewhere online? I don't know if he's asking about tomorrow or Red Dawn. Red Dawn is usually on YouTube. You can usually find it. Sometimes how they make it smaller, they'll do something weird so that it doesn't get, like the robots don't find it. But Red Dawn is also on Netflix and Amazon, kind of off and on. It's one of those that for like whatever, I don't know how those contracts work, but for some length of time, you'll see it on Netflix, you'll be able to watch it, and then it'll be gone. And on Amazon, it'll be free for a while, and then it'll cost you three bucks or whatever to watch it sometimes. I found a great piece of trivia. The capture of Saddam Hussein was called Operation Red Dawn, and Objective One was Wolverine, and Objective Two was Wolverine. What movie were they watching? <laughs> no. Oh yeah, that's a thing. That's a that yeah, that really was Red Dawn to capture Saddam Hussein. Oh, he's asking about tomorrow. Yeah, he found it free on YouTube, so that one's worth watching. And you don't need to watch it as like a fancy DVD. It's just a movie. It's not like uh, I mean, it is kind of neat. There are some interesting like views of the nature and and. Uh, I'd say it's definitely worth like trying to find a good copy that's like in good quality, though. You know, that's a movie worth watching in good. In yeah, HD. You don't want that fifty-two inch TV going to waste. Yeah, get a get a decent copy of it. Yeah, and for Red Dawn, especially when you buy a DVD, you're, some of that's going to Milius. That dude deserves money. That was an awesome movie. And he had a stroke, so I'm sure he could use the money. I don't know if he's, I imagine he's probably pretty rich. Oh, yeah. Like, he's been writing and producing and directing for years. I mean, John Apocalypse Now, just off Apocalypse Now, he's still rich. Or Conan. Yeah, Conan the Barbarian, and just, like, he's done so much stuff. Like, yeah. You would he think so, but a lot, of, a lot of guys like that end up plowing a lot of their own money right back into the next film. Oh, yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. I don't know if he's rich. I think he might be fine, but I don't know if he's loaded like Spielberg or something. He's he's Gun Channel's rich, but he he's probably nowhere near like Bill Gates rich. <laughs> well, even like his friends Bill Berg and Lucas are probably you know, dwarf them, I'm sure. 
Yeah, but he has his uh, respect <laughs> still intact. <laughs> I was going to say, he can't be that great because I never seen South Park make fun of him. So. Oh, no, they did a whole, they did a whole uh, episode called Grey Dawn that's based on Red Dawn where the old people in South Park like take over the town because they're tired of being like, yeah, it's based on Red Dawn. It's called Grey Dawn. <laughs> oh, man, that's great. Maybe I should watch that first as a primer. Oh, but as far as the cultural aspect to it, uh, I think there's some parallels. Um, well, I like to think there's some parallels. That's why I use the intro to the show is the Radio Free America-esque um, Radio Free America like clip from the movie. Because, uh, you know, culturally, we're under attack, right? And I think it has to do with uh, statists, right? Communists, people that want the state to provide everything, that think that wealth is something that, you know, should be distributed and all that. And for whatever reasons, you know, I think we've got a cultural war going, right? And we can either consider ourselves Wolverines, you know, people that are willing to just do and hold up and do our thing and be a resistance, right? The whole thing of the Wolverines was they were uh, resistance fighters, just like uh, you know, the French were in World War II. So uh, culturally, you know, are we Wolverines or are we the city folk or are we going to be rounded up and put in the uh, movie theater? Which we found on the last tour. Well, I think our founding fathers gave us the Second Amendment for a reason. So I think then it's. And the first. That's what yeah. this show about. This show is like our camp up in the mountains where we get together and listen to the radio and then strategize and go down and do whatever we need to do to keep people aware that there's options. I agree. I think if you're if you're here with us right now, you're going to be part of the people that are going to fight back, right? Isn't that kind of all the point of why we're all here? I hope so. Practice for the final test. Certainly <laughs> not. That's convincing someone with a logical argument, you know that, you know, and stuff. So what, you know, however you want to look at your battle, right? Um, Ro Kalsan, what are the places they filmed Red Dawn in? I'd like to put those places on the bucket list. It's pretty easy. Just go to uh, Las Vegas, New Mexico. And now with the internet, it's actually made it pretty easy to find most of the filming locations. As more and more places accumulate um, people's exploration of the filming locations, uh, you can find them all pretty easy. But uh, I don't know, it's a kind of a little town in the middle of northern new mexico it is a cool place to go it's like an hour or something hour and a half north of albuquerque you're going to drive through um what's the name of that town um oh, santa fe it's kind of a neat town visually you know it's a neat town it's an artistic town Real, a lot of rich people there so really neat looking houses and stuff and a lot of you know it's an interesting little town uh, then you head over to Las Vegas, and it's about an hour something south of the Whittingham Center, giant NRA facility, uh, shooting ranges, uh, campgrounds and stuff. Also in the middle of nowhere, New Mexico. That's about an hour south of Colorado. 
uh, all kinds of neat stuff to do in Colorado. That's about the Red Dawn filming locations are about three hours south of Colorado Springs, which is where Dragon Man is, which is the best collection of firearms, period, you can just experience on a Sunday. So I would recommend going to uh, the Red Dawn filming locations, giving yourself a day or so to see the Red Dawn places, maybe on a Friday or Saturday, and then give yourself time to get up to Dragon Man on a Sunday. So that means doing it during the summer and not during the winter. He's closed in the winter. Um, and then uh, you could probably hang out at one of the hotels in, in uh, Las Vegas, New Mexico, and go to the, the town has right next to the, uh, they call it like a train station, I guess, and next to the building that Red Dawn, the end scenes of Red Dawn were filmed in, right next to there, there's a, I guess like a little museum, not really a museum even, it's just a little room with some pictures on the wall, but they're like the town's, I don't know what to call it, like film museum or history something. Anyway, they can give you, there's a little booklet there that gives you a bunch of information about all kinds of movies were filmed there. Actually, uh, dozens of movies have been filmed in that town, uh, so they give you information about all of those. But that could give you some heads up when you're at that little center, that building there at the train station. You're only a block north of the big sign on the building, the girl, the Calumet says howdy sign. And uh, when you're at that sign, you'll see all the locations from town. They're just all right there within a couple of blocks of each other, and you can just stand there and see them all. So those are easy to explore. Uh, but uh, driving out to, like, the uh, high school and then uh, um, some of the other locations might take you, you know, a good day to see them all. But if you spent a day there and then headed up to Colorado Springs, you'd be able to check out that NRA place. If you brought guns with you, uh, I would say spend a day at the NRA range. There's a museum there and a gun shop. There's also a massive research library there. If you ever needed to do any kind of research on fire, uh, that would be a good opportunity. Uh, and then, like I say, head up to Colorado Springs and fly out of Colorado Springs. That's the way I would recommend it. Get a rental out of Albuquerque and then fly home out of Colorado Springs. Or they should do some sort of a bus tour. Maybe we could arrange some sort of Red Dawn bus tour. Everybody flies into Albuquerque, meet up at BMC Tactical and shoot some machine guns or something and then get on a bus or a van or something and head up to the filming locations and check them all out. Go up and shoot at the NRA range, then go up to Colorado Springs and everybody flies home from Colorado Springs. That's a great idea. I wonder how much that would cost. Kind of neat. Do you know if that school that was in the movie is that an active school? Is there like you know students and whatnot there? Oh yeah. So the high school that it starts at, and where the football field is and stuff, that I've been going there since two thousand and let's say two thousand and twelve. It's the first time I went there. And back then, it still looked close to the movie. At least the, the outside stuff looked close to the movie. The, the building, the school building, had removed all the windows, like where they rip out the PPAM and shoot the teacher and start wailing into the kids and the windows or whatever. All those windows were, like, boarded up. They, like, remodeled the school, and it just was like a big brick wall now. So that part of it is I've never seen the actual school from the movie. But the... We call like the parking lot where they come down and where the football field is and the scoreboard and all that. All that was exactly the same as the movie back in 2012. So I got pictures of Oro in front of the 
board and everything. Now in 2000 and whatever, 10 or something, the next time I went by, maybe nine, I forget, they had already like started messing with the school. They put like a fence up and stuff. And then this last time I went by, the school is like all like, there's like a giant fence around the whole thing and it's all kind of changed outside. Uh, they have it like set up to where like the, the parents and the buses go in one side and out the other, where before then nobody cared, there was no signs. So it's definitely like less, you, you can't get in there basically, and, you know, unless it happens to be open. Uh, when I went there, it happened to be open for like a softball game or something. So I grabbed, I went in real quick, but I think uh, we're back in the day, you could just drive up to that school anytime, like on a Sunday, you could just drive up there and it, you could just drive up. Uh, nowadays, you know, it'd have to be in session or they'd have to be open to even get near the school. The uh, movie theaters right there, the gas station where they drive up in the tank and there's the hidey holes. You can just drive up to that. The rocks where he yells Wolverine, you can just drive up to that. The gas station where they load up and everything was a prop, but that intersection is just there. You can drive up to that. So pretty much all the other places you can drive up and, and experience. It's just the, uh, the school now that's, you know, like all schools probably, just getting a big fence around it. All right, well, all that dead air, maybe that's the end of that one. We're about an hour in, so I think we'll do the uh, drawing. Let me open up the store and see where we're at with uh, orders. So while it's opening up, we'll say thanks again to everybody that participated in our Cyber Monday extravaganza. Start counting them up here. So everybody that ordered today will get one of those uh, Wolverine patches, and then every order over 20 bucks, which is a good chunk of them, will get a, a deck of cards as well. And that's all of them. So it looks like we're at 16, so that's pretty awesome. That's a Cyber Monday for us. So we'll do uh, the random. Oh, my screen sharing. Let's screen share here. There we go, and we'll bring up that random. And what did I say, 16, we'll put 16 in here. And cycle, top or bottom? Top. Uh, dead horse, top or bottom? Top. Uh, pancakes? Bottom. And Woods. Um, I think I'm in one of the 16, so can I not do it? Sure. So then, uh, well, it looks like we got top then. And I'll hit go. Number six. One, two, three, four, five, six. So it's Brian in Washington. Looks like the fix is in, and Woods just grabbed it. Oh, <laughs> snap. Just like yesterday. So uh, 
But he wouldn't have if he hadn't abstained. See, it's, it still affects. Yeah, he knew. <laughs> he knew. I used Clever's idea. He knew. It happened to me last time, see? Right on. Well, I do appreciate everybody uh, who participated today. Uh, hopefully that'll keep us going a bit longer. And uh, uh, happy to share the patches and the decks. And uh, please, when you get the stuff, uh, post pictures and uh, videos or whatever, because you know it's the time of the year when people are looking for Christmas gifts and things like that, uh, stocking stuffers and whatnot. So uh, hopefully we've got some things that can be interesting as gifts, and we'll uh, you know, use the shit the store like it's supposed to be and keep funding some of our projects. Um, anybody else have anything else then tonight? I put up a new uh, a new gun video. That's about it. Um, something from Wanamaker or something different? Yep. Yeah, I I finally gave up and uh, did uh, a thing on the Moz 36 that I bought. So that's that's fresh and new. That I just finished that probably just as you were getting ready to. I I, I know you sent me the uh, the invite and I was just uploading the stuff during the invite. So that's all good junk. But it's on gun channels as well, obviously. I have not seen that one yet. Are you posting your stuff on Gunstreamer? No. Uh, when you could let them know that if you're interested to uh, set up an account for you, and then every time you post something on YouTube, it just happens automatically. Then you don't have to do anything. It'll just have a backup over there. I, I, heard, I heard that was really hard. I had you. I heard you had to like push a button or something. Oh yeah, it's really yeah. difficult. <laughs> yeah. But uh, awesome. So. Um, Again, thanks everybody for participating in the Cyber Monday uh, fun. We will uh, have all that stuff in the mail tomorrow, and hopefully we'll get it all quickly. I think there's probably a lot of stuff going out in the mail, but I'm mentioning everybody's on deck at the post offices and all the different places because this—that's their gig, right? This is their time of year. Oh, well, we should probably talk about a gun shop. Does anybody have a gun shop in mind? No, I was I I actually was to one yesterday, but I talked about it on the show a while back. Um, I'm trying to get him on to my show to talk a little bit, though. Um, if you want to bring that one up again, sure. Um, sure. It's called Seven One Seven Armory. You're saying you'd like to get him on your show as a guest? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're pretty local to me. Um, it's a younger guy. He's a little bit younger than me. He was he's a Marine. Um, and we do his his uh, we do have some some common people that we know you know common acquaintances so um, it's a pretty cool place they do uh, full auto rentals they do rentals of regular stuff um, they sell suppressors and 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 so I stopped in yesterday uh, he wasn't there I just talked talked to his sister works there I talked to her for a little bit uh, dropped off some gun channel swag um, and invited him on to the show I'm waiting for him to get back from his hunting trip he's up uh up upstate hunting so um hopefully within the next week or two maybe um he'll be able to join us on uh the sunday show you know and i just thought it'd be really interesting to talk about a young guy young entrepreneur kind of kind of dude that's a business owner in the firearms industry right oh yeah definitely at least i'd be interested yeah 
So, um, you know, when he's on, I'll definitely hit, you know, you guys up and, you know, I'd love to have you guys, you know, ask him some questions and pick his brain a little bit about, you know, somebody that's new, like a new owner. They've only been open a little under a year, I think. I'm not sure where else around my area you could rent full auto, so I was pretty excited about that. <laughs> I'm trying to type here, but I'm just going to say it. So relatively saying uh, thanks, but uh, wishing he I was just saying thanks for your orders, and he's saying thanks. He wish he could, but he's doing some issues. You know, he's got some financial things, and that's the thing uh, I wanted to address. I really appreciate it when people participate especially financially but participation in the chats participation on gun channels participation in the community in general watching other people's videos uh, heading over to gun streamer that's really what it's all about so uh, being active in the community being active with the people that are creating content uh, that's the kind of thing that it works with the engines that run the internet right we talk about that on Mondays a lot and Clover talks about it on Thursdays uh, on our workshops on Saturdays and Tuesdays, um, we'll, we try to talk, bring light to that kind of stuff, the, the, the guts, the gears that run the internet, right? So those likes, those uh, views, uh, subscribing to channels, you know, participating in the content that's being created, it all helps the internet recognize and acknowledge that firearms are valid and that there's humans out here that are paying attention to this stuff. So that's ultimately necessary and valuable. But at the same time, those same mechanisms, using the likes, uh, being a view for these people that are creating content, myself included, uh, for us, the human beings doing it, that's ultimately valuable. So, it, you know, it's necessary for us to do the financial stuff. Some of us, like myself, that are trying to do this full time, I have no other income coming in except for Patreon and the gear website store. Right? I don't, I'm not independently wealthy. I don't have a, a, a what do I call it, like a pension coming in that's providing nothing. Uh, other guys are trying to do this as much as possible with a part-time job or with some other kind of um, thing that requires time. So when it gets frustrating and we're questioning if it's worth it all, seeing those likes and seeing that participation is ultimately important. It's ultimately valuable. So as much as we, you know, today's capitalism day and it's Cyber Monday, and like I say, we're kind of focusing on the the purchasing part or the financial part of it, uh, I don't want to discount the participation. I mean, every single day, I try to rec you know, acknowledge that we're doing this not as a platform to to distribute our knowledge because somehow our information is so valuable that you're you know lucky to get it. We're doing this as a part of of a, a conversation. We're trying to get people active. So being active, being out there, and being part of it is ultimately valuable, and we I appreciate it personally. Uh, as much, if not more, than the financial side. Unfortunately, like I say, I have to talk about that financial side once in a while because nobody else will and I have to pay the bills. But um, I definitely don't want anyone to think that if they aren't participating financially that you're not as valued uh, as being part of this whole thing. Cause that's what it's all about. Um, yeah, the deals are still going, so any orders that come in today, uh, you're not going to be in the drawing anymore, unfortunately, because you know, I had this whole thing going with Woods, but uh, you'll definitely get the free stuff and uh, the patches and whatnot. See, and you heard it. He he has a he has a thing going with Woods. That's why Woods won. See, you heard it. 
It was just a prior arrangement, financially. <laughs> wrong? Oh, okay. No, I just, no, got no. <laughs> just said I need money, so. <laughs> uh, all right. So anyway, uh, we talked about a gunshot today. We talked about the movie, uh, a little more insight, why it's, uh, in, in, I think it's a valuable movie, and an interesting movie, an important movie, uh, and why I focus some of my projects on it. Um, and we did our Cyber Monday stuff. So again, thanks to everybody running a pile of cash today, which is awesome. Helps keep the uh, the gears moving and the wheels rolling. And uh, we're going to be uh, jumping in all kinds of new things in 2019, I hope here. This will be our 15th year of uh, fun websites and going into our sixth year, fifth year gun channels. So the community's growing and everybody's projects are are developing and hopefully we'll uh we'll continue to see new and exciting things happening as we go forward here anything else anybody wants to throw in before we head out tonight no there's a i will say this uh, um <clears throat> it was kind of neat when i was over there yesterday talking to them at the gun shop they knew of gun channels um really? yeah they uh they they are uh they follow gun channels on instagram um Oh, and she said, she, "What's that?" You mean Marco then? Yeah, yeah. Well, they know gun channels. They, they they actually follow gun channels. And when she said that she thought she met you, and I was like, oh, I, I, "I don't think Marco. so. Probably not." And it was Marco. Marco. Yeah. She, and I said, "Was it Marco?" She said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." I was like, oh, "Okay, yeah." Um, but still, I mean, you know, we're, it's 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 neat to be out there and to hear people that know of no gun channels you know what i mean so that's kind of well, let's, uh, let's talk was... about that since we're rolling up our sleeves and talking about that marco is a good friend and marco um was around when gunchannels.com started right he wasn't mm -hmm. big into youtube he participated in the conversations but i don't think he was ever one to watch everybody's videos as far as like videos that were uh, what we call them uh, um produce videos like he wasn't always watching every five or 15 minute video that was posted, but he was active in the live conversations. And I think he really appreciates the diversity of the group that are two a oriented in the, you know, the, the drive and the, uh, the activism and whatnot. So he's always participated in that. When we started gun channels, he was right here. So when we started gun channels, it's always been a collaboration of efforts, right? And it's, uh, it's not just a stage for a you know, the in crowd or nothing. And, uh, when it came time to do the Instagram portion of gun channels, uh, Marco jumped up and said, yeah, I'll run the gun channels for you. So together we ran the gun channels, uh, Instagram account, but Marco has an uncanny, like, thumb on the pulse over on Instagram. Like he understands Instagram and the way that it, it moved, was able to take the gun channels out and just fired it from like zero to 80 miles an hour and just didn't look back. So, uh, I used it less and less and let him run it. And then after a long time, he had grown it to one of the largest channels out there and was getting approached with all kinds of things. So uh, whenever that was, we said, hey, look, we'll upgrade uh, them. And the gun channels itself will be gun channels. And then Marco went with gun channels underscore. So uh, gun channels underscore is a massive Instagram account run by Marco. And, you know, he's a gun channels member. So he'll, uh, you know, post things once in a while, but the gun channels, actual gun channels, Instagram account is just sitting there dead in the water. 
every once in a while I'll remember to go over and click something over there, but I do it fairly rarely. So if anyone out there is interested in helping to run the Gun Channel's Instagram account, uh, get with me and you're more than welcome to help out. I'd like to get two or three people running the Gun Channel's Instagram to do a couple of things. It's not a huge channel. It's not Marco's channel with 300,000 subs. It's a little channel that's, you know, it's just created at one point and just kind of sits vacant. But it's got the ability to uh, enhance some of the projects that people are out there doing and to supplement, you know, add hits and stuff to some of the projects and posts that people do. Uh, and then with some effort, with some continual uh, um, use of the, of the account, it will eventually grow. And potentially, since it is um, basically accumulation or the, you know, the, the, the uh, it is all, it, it is the, what I'm trying to say, like the sum of all the, people on gun channels posting stuff, it has the potential to get large again, just the way Marco got it large. Uh, he did that in part by all the people on gun channels using the hashtag and stuff. So by having someone actually active over there, we could get that channel pretty big, and then it could actually turn around and help everybody's efforts. So at first it'll help their, it'll, it'll encourage their efforts, but eventually once it becomes a large enough entity with some momentum, it'll actually be able to pull uh, people on gun channels along with it. So uh, if somebody's interested in pursuing that, it's definitely a strategy that works. We've seen it happen. And uh, all we really need is some people that are interested in helping to uh, you know, work on it basically daily. Instagram's the kind of thing that needs to happen daily. So anybody that's interested in that, get with me at uh, gunwebsites at gmail.com or over on gun channels. Yeah, I'm looking at it and it is gun channels underscore. So it's Marco that they're, they follow, which yeah. makes sense. Yeah, he was huge. And uh, let's see. I'll give you thumb. Bullets don't drift due to false earth spin or planes as helicopters would to Mumbo Soft Maniac Pixel Prophet. Man, I don't know what you're trying to say there, but yeah, that's uh, Digital Prophet is uh, Marco. All right, well, we kind of sputtered and sputtered there, but this time we're going to end it. Thanks again, everybody, for participating and joining in on the conversation. We'll be back same time tomorrow. The guys and gals of GunWebsites.com encourage you to take a CCW class every year, practice at least once a month, and carry every day. Thanks for watching GunWebsites.com.